forever. Dog. Welcome to Relatively Healthy. I'm your host, Janie Stoller. And today, my guests are two of the most perfect unhealthy, unhealthy <laughs> mentally unwell individuals I could find. I would say you guys are the... You're, okay, so I'm just going to say the names first, like a good podcast host. Okay, podcast host. We have Alyssa Lynn Paris and Mae Wilkerson. Thank Hello. you so much for being here. Thanks Thank for having, having us. us. You guys are the host of Crazy in Bed, an amazing podcast where you talk about mental illness very openly, and it's so funny and so great and so necessary. So I just wanted to like steal this that idea for this episode. <laughs> Oh, we're Thank happy. You. It's the only thing we can talk about. So it's good that you stole that. If you told us anything else, we'd be like, well, we're still going to tell you uh, that we're having a panic attack. Yeah, so. uh, yeah. This is a podcast where we watch old movies from the 90s and say why they're bad. I haven't eaten all day. <laughs> um, so tell me about like the beginning of that podcast. Oh like, did it, what happened? Oh my God. <laughs> a, lot. a lot. What didn't happen? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, well, we, it had various iterations. It really did. It started as crying in public. <laughs> yes. That, that was the initial name years ago. The name ago. and also the act. Yes. I think that, that might have been the what, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. The lifestyle. That's how Alyssa and I met. We were both crying on the street. Yeah. You know, we just kept running. Do you come here often and yeah. cry? Yes. <laughs> it's truly not that far from the truth. Like when we met each other, we just were both in such a fragile, similarly fragile mental state. And we, we love. And just we laughed a normal about state, a regular state. state. It's just a regular so day. A good day. Which we look yeah. back on fondly, yeah, day, given actually. where we've gone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like when you look back at a photo and you're like, "I thought I was fat then. I was so thin." Yeah, exactly. I was like, sure. "I thought I was unhealthy then." Oh boy. Yeah, oh, boy. fragile it implies that there's something together being yeah. held together, albeit loosely. So true. Now it's just tape broken. Yeah, little pieces. We want to get together and pick up the pieces tomorrow. 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 Yeah, we met and we were, we did. We an open mic. And an open mic. And so they implied that we're both unwell. Yeah, totally. absolutely. It is so cool. I We, we. I mean, I feel like we say this all the time. I We sound like Lady Gaga. There can be a hundred. <laughs> I feel like I've said this sentence a lot, but I just, yeah, I don't remember not being friends. Like, I mm-hmm. don't remember. Yeah. I just remember becoming best friends. Best friends. I mean, right, yeah. I don't remember a time when we weren't best friends. No. It happened very We were quickly. never acquaintances. No. It was never like, oh, Alyssa wants to get coffee. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> And you both are people who are just willing to be really open and honest. But I feel like it was because we both were open and honest. Mm. We I didn't talk about my eating disorder. Like this, it's new that we like yeah. when we met. We weren't we weren't really necessarily talking. About talking it. I wasn't like, hi, I'm a, I'm bulimic. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, no. No, we we sort of just figured it out about each other based on like the food options in each other's houses. Immediately, <laughs> yeah. Like, do you have any snacks? Well, I have a nut. <laughs> we can split it. it. <laughs> I was like, is it salted, bitch? It better not be. <laughs> it was salted, and that was the end of our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I feel like it could either it could go either way. It could be like, oh, we're going to enable each other, or, oh, good, I finally have like someone who gets me. Yeah, we're probably right down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Amazing. And so the podcast, you bring on different people, and you talk about your mental health issues, theirs, like how everyone's dealing with stuff. And so I want to talk about that today because I don't know about you, but I cycle through like mental health strategies like that is a mental illness. Mm. Like I am constantly trying to find something to make me feel better. And it's just like mm. an addiction to Brene Brown at this point. Yes. You know, recovery like recovery junkie. Recovery junkie. Is that a real term? It is. It is I <laughs> love that. Yes. Yeah. I would identify. I identify with that. 
Yeah, I think we're we all moved to LA, so yeah, we, we can did. start there. Yeah. yeah, like that's definitely yeah. I moved here just for my mostly for my mental health. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you're talking about crying in public. The culture mm-hmm. here is not conducive to that. Right. There's no, not a lot smiling of crying in pu- public. Right. Yeah. The yeah. best thing about New York was like the sense that everyone was broken and tired, and if mm. someone's crying on the subway, you don't say anything. You don't try to help. You don't like. No. You just kind of like respect you their let space. Them, yes, exactly. Yeah. Let them cry alone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we help each other in New York. We ignore each other. Yeah, going for the worst point, moments of our lives. It's yeah. very supportive. Yeah, Whereas LA, yeah, it's like no people are the Trader Joe. Even like the cashier at Trader Joe's is like, "How was your day?" Yeah. It has and to be great. It has to be great. <laughs> You're like, "Well, I, it was. I guess it was okay." And then you leave feeling weirdly better. I know it is true. It, yeah, it's like the whole "fake it till you make it" thing. There's something about being surrounded by negative energy in New York a lot that is addictive. Whereas coming here, it's like, wait a minute, the sun's out. Like people are smiling, and I don't know. There is something about faking it till you make it that seeing people who are positive here all the time does kind of rub off on you a little bit. Yeah, people don't take things as personally maybe here like they don't internalize everything I think yeah. you're right yeah we just have space to breathe too I think yeah. that's a big thing New York I was just getting so angry at the end because I didn't have any of yeah space. you don't have personal space yeah. so you're you're just like going out into the world interacting with other human beings which is a nightmare we know <laughs> yes. and then you're spending time with your loved ones trauma uh, yeah. <laughs> trauma city trauma and city then, my god yeah. trigger trigger trigger, trigger. trigger. I think in 2018, I learned that everything is trauma. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is. Love or loneliness. Yeah, it's true. It's like you're surrounded by people. Trauma. You're alone. Trauma. Trauma. (laughs) Always. But then in New York, you go back to your tiny apartment. You have nothing to do but just kind Mm -hmm. of like sit with those feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas here, I feel like you can stay busy enough. You could go outside. You could get some sun. Yeah. You were a a dog. Yeah. Yeah. I think that New York, too, though, for a while was feet. Like, I think my I think it fed my mental like I think I needed New York for my depression I think New York was an antidepressant for a very long time Mm. so I was so depressed that it just helped me it was just so much noise and chaos that it almost helped me get out of my own head it was like filled my like my head with noise instead of my own voice which was nice totally I didn't start therapy till I moved out here because I do think it was like Mm. the emptying of that space and the emptying of the noise was like oh now I hear my own thoughts and you're ready to and I bet you were fucking we were all terrified to hear our own thoughts in New York and we weren't ready to so we we needed to medicate with just noise because it was too much and like you had a lot of fucking trauma like it's too much sometimes like your body can't handle it so we needed it and I yeah yeah. you go into like survival mode you do yeah and New York is great for that yeah yeah. Until you're like, I want, I think I need to deal with these thoughts. I need to stop running away. And you from can't. Them. Yeah. It's very hard to stop running in New York. Totally. Yeah. And now when you go visit, it's like, oh my God, this is such chaos. It's, People yes. here are like, it's chaos. Terrifying. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really stressful. <laughs> my blood is so thin. I'm like freezing all the time. Like, I'm, right. I'm full LA now. I, I love know, the sun. me too. Yeah. But here, the opposite, just so the New Yorkers listening aren't like, oh, this sounds better. There's loneliness here. There's you don't lo- have in New York the empty space. Now it's it true. isn't. It's so true. I had yeah. a lot of loneliness in New York. So <laughs> oh, good luck, LA. Kind of both. <laughs> You're gonna really have to step it up. But, I love it. But yes, I think there is loneliness here too. And we were also saying that maybe weirdly there's less career anxiety or less yes. status anxiety when yeah. you would think it would be the other way. Like people are a little maybe like a, le- a little less. Uh, I don't know, obsessed with rank and like who yes. is where. 
there's kind of enough thing. there's enough opportunities for everyone here it feels like like there's so much that it and that maybe there's just a little less like we're not all fighting for the same things so yeah it's the same sense of feeling like we can breathe a little bit yeah totally but you're right about loneliness it's mm. a there's a lot more downtime here and downtime makes you oh and it's really things. hard when you're lonely to find a way to solve it because mm. sometimes the things you do make you feel lonelier oh, so mm, you can either it. like reach out to a friend and they don't respond that mm. sucks or you can like I've gone on desperate you know activities or you know I tried figure drawing and <laughs> oh girl I know you gotta go to rehab you're figure drawing figure drawing is like free rehab <laughs> I got you bottomed at figure drawing and um, paint by number classes also can. Uh, right? Yeah. I was like, but what was funny was like, I just happened to go to one where there was like a rule of silence. And so everyone was silent and they all had their own supplies. So I couldn't even draw. Jesus. And I like left being like, this sucks. This must be the worst it's going to be. And then for like the next week, I was like, I'm going to do this and that. And every single thing was just like a dead end of friendship. Yes. It's crazy. Or then you also feel like, you want to, I don't know, like sometimes when you go here, this is just me like uh, just spitting out everything. But like you go to a coffee shop or something and everyone here is like working on a screenplay yes. and it's a little mm -hmm. isolating too. It, it just feels like you're like so in this weird world and kind of alone. And That doesn't exist. Yeah, Everyone's exactly. like in their screenplay right now. They're in their like, you know, own career anxiety thing. Yeah. Yes. So I just feel like that is an adjustment. I think in New York there were more like you run into a friend or you yes. have a place to go. You can find, just happen on something at night. Yes. And here it is a lot of like for better, I think more than for worse, you are actually with your thoughts Yes. And you're with your loneliness and you have to like figure out how to be alone. Yes. And so. it's something that we have to do eventually. So it's yeah. like, it feels like, um, even if, even if things are hard, it's like, well, I couldn't run away from myself for forever. Like yes. I, I can't be having kids and be still not dealing with this trauma or this That's stuff. Why you have kids. That's why you have kids. That's why you have kids. And put it on more. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder too. Like surrounded by four kids. Man, yeah. where did you get these? <laughs> I had a rough day. I had a rough day. Leave me alone. I gave I you my thoughts. Don't worry. I adopted I four children. I read this story that Phil Spector adopted twins without telling his wife. She like drove home one That's day incredible. and there were just kids there. Oh, honey, I, I, did wow. I did something bad. Wow. <laughs> a dream. Um, but going back to being kids, like I don't remember being a mentally ill child. Like I don't remember. And then when sometimes I look at my life now as an adult, I'm like, when did I get this way? Totally. When did this happen? Like I don't know if you guys remember the first time you're like, oh, this is hard. Yeah, I was three. So. <laughs> you were a baby. Not a child. So yeah. a very wise three year old. <laughs> wise three year old. Yeah, no, I think you feel you felt. I did feel like a mentally ill child. Really? Yeah, I had a lot of anxiety, like in nursery school. Wow, did you did your family give you like therapy and good question, mom and dad? Uh, <laughs> is this my gun? Yeah. Hey, uh, mom, dad, you mom, listening? Dad, you never yeah, have. It's not too late. <laughs> yeah. It's not too late. Um, my mom took me to a wow. Look at that humble brag, huh, Janie? Mom and dad, nice, wow. Max. Nice. Wrap it in my sure. Term. Oh, two. Oh, nice. You have a choice. They're in their seventies. Calm down. <laughs> I, they didn't take me to therapy. My 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 mom's not a huge like she's a, a a hippie. So my mom's idea of therapy was like to take me to a homeopathic doctor oh. who like asked me questions and stuck needles in me and stuff <laughs> and figured out that I had a hard time processing the idea of death. Which this is when I was like ten. No, this is when I was at ten. This Do you think that's 10. accurate? Like were you for sure? Wow, because I had chronic. Um, 
all kinds of health problems related to anxiety. Like I always had my, I, I always was blowing my nose in middle school, which oh my is God. really not a good addition to already being anxious. Oh, geez. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're anxious, going through and, puberty. And, and like yeah. you're like, right. Oh, I didn't go. Not. That came years later. <laughs> <laughs> End of high school. Yeah. You didn't have hormones in your milk? What's up? <laughs> milk girl. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I did. I was like, very, I was very much a child. I didn't go through puberty until late. And so I, that was another thing that was weird. It was like mm. my friends got their periods and I didn't. So yeah, it was rough. I do remember being really anxious when I was a kid and not really knowing what it was. Interesting. Yeah. Did you yeah. have the same? Well, I actually have been thinking about this a bit. I just had like my 10-year college improv reunion last night and just seeing people. You know when you see people from a different point in your life, it kind of makes you remember. And I think for me, it's less that I felt mentally ill, but I did always feel I, I don't think I had the language to describe my feelings. And mm. now that I look back, it's like, oh, yeah, I was dealing – I was – like, I always felt off. And I always felt – and now I feel – like, I think comedy in particular has helped me feel very at home. And, like, this is where I belong and mm. I deal with depression and yeah. I deal with an eating disorder. And growing up, I was always like, why am I not – why do things not feel like they're fitting? Why do I – I feel – I as much as I'm, like – more fucked up now I like I'm so I'm at peace and I don't think I was at peace for a lot of my I think for 22 years I was not at peace ever 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 really so I feel at peace now even though I'm like I know my problems and there's something very satisfying about now I know my problems I don't think I had a language to describe them when I was when I was younger well that's huge it's It's not like I feel like growing up I was always like until today I (laughs) have to fix my problems I have to solve everything but what you're saying is being at peace with the problems and saying they exist I'm not gonna you know there's nothing I can do right now that'll like make them go away it's just outside of myself I'm here and these are things I have like a job they're just jobs I have Mm. that I have to deal with almost versus like yeah and I think it's great to talk about them because then it isn't pushing them aside or saying they're solved it's like this is how I'm working through them today and I'm going to find maybe the light in it and comedy in it if I can and you know how do I cope with it it's not going away so I think that's really important I think that's a really awesome thing I've seen you both do stand up I think that's an amazing thing you guys do in stand up and on your podcast too I think that's great and that's uh, thank you and our friendship has saved me every day (laughs) Yeah, yeah, even this morning we had like a little impromptu therapy session at the Grove at the Grove yeah it's a good place to. They have Christmas songs. I mean, the, if you gotta cry in public, the Christmas mm. display at the Grove—not oh, a bad idea. No, we love highly it. Recommend. This is, where this is from. We. I feel like yeah, having each other has absolutely saved me. Not feeling crazy, feeling like you can make light of a thought you have versus let it fucking eat you alive. One hundred percent. Yeah, thoughts can eat you alive. Yeah. And like to not only let them go, but let them go with a friend who's like, yes, that's right, and let's make a joke about it. It's like because yeah. so much in our self help culture is about sort of like positive thinking and willing away things and we were talking a little bit before the show about perfectionism and like Mm. this desire everybody has to be the best versus saying I embrace all parts of myself and I'll like make the most of my things that aren't you know Mm. ideal like that's what makes you human and sitting with like shame and all these things and I don't know if you guys read Brene Brown. No. I got really into her because she her whole thing was like turning perfectionism on its head where she said that she's like a, a social worker but she's done you know like TED Talks and she's been on Oprah. She's like one of those, you know, Elizabeth she did Gilbert the vulnerability types. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, like I've vulnerability is actually strength. And so she like turns these ideas we have on their head and perfectionism. She sees us, she's like, "Well, not that much." <laughs> 
Hold on, hold on, hold on. Rain it in, rain it in, rain it in. She calls us. No, 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 no. She's like, can you sign this waiver? So I'm not. But she has a whole thing about perfectionism being shame. Like we think of perfectionists as type A, like they're going to be the best and they're going to strive and they have really high standards. But really it means like you're afraid of being vulnerable, of making a mistake, of being seen as being human. So true. Right? And it is in the not being perfect and the like accepting that, that you are able to breathe a little bit. Yeah. It's very true. And a lot of that not feeling right is like, oh, maybe no one feels right. But we are like, we need to feel right. Like everything must be good and perfect. And it's like, no, I guess you just have to live with that discomfort. In fact, people who don't feel right are like these huge narcissists who I hate. So yeah. I always think about that. I'm like, would I rather people be one of those people? Right. They feel right all the time. Oh, yeah, 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 they yeah. love themselves. They're running around like making decisions and writing things that I've read. And, <laughs> and that are really great. And they're yeah, really great. And like, I would love a job on your show. <laughs> Like, huge, fan, huge fan, huge fan, huge <laughs> fan. Honestly, like groundbreaking stuff. Um, but like not doubt. Well, we're, it's, it's a funny thing too. It's like self-doubt versus confidence versus narcissism. There's thin line. But like I'm constantly so plagued by anxiety and worrying if people like me and if I'm doing a good job. Like that's actually a good thing sometimes because you think, okay, well, that means I'm like – actually caring yes and i'm like not a non-human robot who's going to destroy everyone in a path to success totally and yeah we've i've been struggling with that a lot with like failure and it's just like the if we can let go i want i'm such a people pleaser and if i can just say no whatever if like i'd rather fail and then get there than not get there so getting there means failing then we do have to be but it's hard it's really hard Failure when you have mental health stuff and self-doubt and self-hatred is hard because it's like you're hearing an audience or a casting director tell you the things that you convince yourself are true and you're not good enough. You're bad. You're too much. Mm -hmm. It's hard to hear those things when you, you know, (sighs) those are the things that fuel your eating disorder or your anxiety or your depression. So yeah. This is this God, career it's so is true. it's tough. I mean, it's I every career. Also, I'm dating, and I feel the same way totally. about dating. Yeah. I'm the same shit. God damn it! Yeah, it well, is. Yeah, that the is. same thing. It's like somebody else decides that they don't like this about you, and it's like I already hated that about myself. So I was I right. Know. Yeah, or you right. fill in the blanks. Like, let's say you only get a little bit of information. Like you're dating, or you're at a job thing, and it doesn't yes. go well. You write the story that's yes. most convenient in your brain of like, uh, oh well, it must be. And I'm this. the star of the story, but I'm a piece of shit. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then if you try to attach you try not to attach yourself to the negative stuff then you have to try not to attach yourself to the positive stuff and never be someone who like like RuPaul has talked about this like not if you believe the critics you have to believe or if you believe the rave reviews you also have to believe the critics like Ugh. don't believe any of it because then you're just gonna be riding this wave wow. of like chasing validation chasing approval and then you're never like at peace you're just always constantly like up and down I feel that I do yeah. not feel at peace that is for that's I think a goal like yeah. I think yeah. I am and that's what LA does help like clearing the New York was so like high low high low high low yeah totally And with dating and with, like, job stuff, what's so crazy is, like, we should be in positions where we're evaluating whether we want these people or things in our (laughs) lives. And I – when people say that to me, I'm like, I get that intellectually. That's, like, a cute idea. (laughs) I've never once applied it and been like, oh, I get to actively make a decision about whether this is good for me 
Yes. Well, that's interesting. How much of that has to do with us being women? I'm curious if that's a thing that like women tend to feel more. That's very true. Yes, like we're lucky to like we're like just, we don't feel entitled to things, right? Or something. Like, oh, I'm lucky to like even be in like this room with like you and like to be alive. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm being so like braggy about it. And like, I'm really, oh my god, like I'll, okay, I'll stop. Yeah, that's, that's how kind I of feel. the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's me. Yeah. 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 Was it a recording? Wait, I don't what understand. Happened? Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. We are taught. And also like we, I've talked to this, um, to a, uh, a writer and a researcher who was on this podcast about the specific beauty sickness with women and how we mm. are like constantly thinking about the way we look. Mm. And she said something really interesting is like women are raised to see the way they're being seen. They don't see the world. They see how the world sees oh. them. <gasps> and so we're constantly taking on instead of. How am I seeing this? What am I deciding? It's like, what is being decided about me? And then that's like how you view everything else. It's, that's That sounds like an eating disorder too, very much. Like when I'm thinking when I'm in the d- depths of my eating disorder, I was obsessed with other people's reaction to my body. Yes. And I haven't thought about that in ages. I haven't cared. I haven't gone to a party and thought, God, I hope somebody, if, if no one tells me I look thin at this party, I'm going to I'm gonna die. But I used to go, like I used to go out and actually like obsessively care about other people's reaction to my body, which is so crazy. true. Wow. Well, because especially with eating disorders, that's what fuels you in the beginning because you're losing, you're losing. Like, yeah. it's a, an indication that you're, like, doing it well or what, that you're succeeding at this. My fu- whole life felt wrapped up in my body, like, mm. in how other people perceived my body. I was talking with this um, with Tim Murray because I, too, have eating disorder history. And he, we both said sometimes it felt good when someone was, like, worried about Of course. Weight. Yes. It's so messed up. But, like, yeah. it's that sort of feedback loop of, like, you see that I'm – Oh, thank you. And and or maybe, please, I'm alone, and I need someone to give. I want you to be worried. No, I'm not okay. I'm not okay, and now my physical being represents how I feel inside, and Mm. I I am sick in the inside, and you're just seeing it in my bones. But it's like, no, I need, I need, yeah, yeah, love or whatever it is, whatever it is, yeah, hundred percent, or a meal, (laughs) (laughs) probably food, probably complex protein. Like, what are the strategies to get out of that? Like, what are the ways? Because I mean, I don't know. it's been a long road. Eating yeah. disorder recovery is the hardest thing ever for me compared to the other recoveries. That yeah. I've done. Um, but uh, I guess like just talking about it has been a huge part of it and being open. I mean, going to therapy, I've been to therapy, I've done support groups, I've done, I've been to doctors, like I've done all the stuff that you're supposed to do when you're in recovery and treated it like an illness. But those, I mean, I was like in an an out, sorry, I was in an outpatient program for a long time where they would like weigh me and do tests and Mm. blah, blah, blah. And I had to like talk about, I have never been more sick. Like Mm. I I know that must help people and and maybe it's more suited for like younger people. I was already like 30, I think, or something. And if you're in critical condition, of course, like, yes. Yeah. Like I, I think if you're in critical condition, you need it. But for whatever reason, like that didn't help me. And what helped me the most has been just like filling my life with other things and trying to stay busy and not obsessing and like, and also not like not allowing myself to play into the unhealthy cycle feedback feedback loop in my head that says like if you're thin that's better right that kind of thing like just not not obsessing over weight and not hanging around with people who are obsessed with their weight yes god yeah yes like that's really triggering for me if I'm even at a party Alyssa has seen me like if we're hanging out with friends and somebody starts no, I look fat, or like I just need to lose these last eight pounds. Like I'll leave. I'll leave too. I can't. I, I, I can't. really because you and I, even though we both have dealt us, with eating disorders, we never, no. ever 
talk. We just don't. We no. don't mm-hmm. talk about it in that way because it's like I yeah. Because that's very, how it starts. So it starts. That's exactly how it started for me. My I never heard that shit from my mom. She's a hippie. She was super body pause. Like Same with my mom. She, yeah, not she, hippie, but very body pause. very body positive, and and that was great. But I I picked it up from other girls. Yeah, when I was in when I was a teenager. So I think that's why I react so strongly to it because I'm like, oh no, that's where it started. Yes. I don't want to go back to that. And it's sort of like being an addict around the substance. Mm-hmm. It's like just if you just cut it out. Like also that's that own person's thing to deal with on their own. You're not going to be able to tell them, hey, like here's logically why that's not the best idea. It's not going to work. Like let them. When you see someone at a point in their journey where you were so sick, you're like, I can't, I know, I feel for you, but I can't be in this orbit right now. Right. And like, I need to have my own life vest. I need yeah. to get myself out. Like, yeah. this is not my job to save I literally you. have a vest in my bag. Yeah. <laughs> I, I put exactly. it on. And I put it on and, and I, leave. I run out. Yeah. <laughs> but that is really, that's profound. Like, I also don't think people realize when they do that, how they can have an effect on other people. Yeah. And that is something so susceptible to just... And also, like, our media and everything we see in the world is that message about yes. value and looks and thinness and all these things. It's, like, any way you can be around people who don't perpetuate that Oof. and support you and the amazing things about you that have nothing to do with the way you look and how much you mm. weigh, like, that's the stuff that matters. I mean, I, I too, like, I think when I'm around that, I just have to leave. I yeah, can't do it. Really I can't do it. And I do think, though – your point is like when I was my sickest I was just not doing like once I fill my life with things that I like no I did if, if I have a show or if I'm doing something that is satisfying to me and I'm like it's just basing my identity on my looks is that's right that's when it's bad yeah. but once you're doing other things externally that you feel proud of or excited by that's when it goes away if I'm oh, on set right. for the day I'm not thinking about my body if I'm with you like right now I'm not thinking about my body no it's, it's like, like yeah I'm like living my values I'm doing things that matter it's yeah. much more important I totally agree with that yeah. yeah so if you're in a place where you feel very low I think it's important to look around and be like maybe there's something missing in my life what am I what do I want to be doing that I'm not doing what am I what hungry for am I hungry yeah for? Sometimes, oh sorry what were you gonna say no I was just gonna say because that for as like an oh as a bulimic it's also like I, I'm an overeater so there is that feeling of like I'm I need to see satiate myself with something so yes. it's, it's exactly the same thing like go satiate yourself with life like go sounds cheesy but no it's true it's like true. even just writing down your goals yeah or like what are some things I did this week that I'm proud of just yeah. like sort of taking like you were saying taking yourself out of that cycle in your head and just refocusing and being like no I'm not doing this because it is the endless cycle and just going through that motion again and if you can just get off that yeah. hamster wheel for a second it's yes. a victory it's like putting a kid in front like don't put a kid in front of like those little balls that they can swallow mm. You know, it's like get them out of there. It's like don't we can't put ourselves in situation like if I put myself in a situation where I am alone and I'm not doing anything that I'm happy with, give me a week and I will be starving myself, mm-hmm. period. It's just like danger. If you know your triggers, it's just important to like don't put yourself in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. I will swallow the little balls. And I will. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll uh, eat them. I will <laughs> eat the little balls. Whatever they That's are. That's a yeah. great metaphor. <laughs> I'll eat I the balls. It. I'll eat the balls. Yeah. I'll eat them. <laughs> I'll eat the little balls. Gotta, yeah, just get them out of sight. Whatever the balls are, get them out of sight. Also, what's interesting with dating is you meet a lot of people. A like, lot of balls. <laughs> a lot of speaking balls. Speaking of eating balls. Speaking of eating balls. Speaking of eating balls. <laughs> you meet a lot of people and like, am I doing sex wrong? Am I supposed to be, hold on, am I eating the balls? <laughs> Dating's nothing like when you were doing it. Like, yeah, I've been on the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm in a long-term relationship. Now. My God. Yeah, we there's straight this, for the balls. this app called Eat. Balls. Balls. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't balls. have any. Swipe right on the balls. Swipe right on. You just look at the balls. 
Oh, God. Oh, yeah, I like a balls first profile. You know? <laughs> I want to know exactly what I'm getting into. Give me the and balls. It's like the caption's like, not my kid or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is like, it's super vulnerable. But then you're also like, sometimes the people you're talking to, they are just all triggers. Totally. <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, so true. I'm just putting myself out and I'm like really doing my best job to protect myself and be great and all these things. And then this person is like utter trash. Yeah. But, um, also, when I was dating, they took my vulnerability and they smashed <laughs> and it on they, the sidewalk in front of me. A hundred percent. When I was dating too, I just met a lot of people where I was like, "Oh, this person needs therapy. Oh, this person needs therapy. Mm. No, nope, this third person really needs therapy." It was a lot of lists like, "Oh yeah," a lot of people where it's like, "I don't know if I can take this." Oh, on. that's what getting getting older. That doesn't it feel that way where you just see people and you're like, yes, "Nope." Too Even much friends, baggage. it's like, "I know what I can't." I don't have the space for this. I know. Yeah. And sometimes it's so clear that like they just really would it, – it's just so clear how much they would benefit. You yes. just see it. It's like – and they're, they want to – they're doing all these things to try to help themselves and fix themselves. And you know it's just like you need a professional yes. and it would make things so much easier for you. Because it's even what we said. It's like you don't even need to be fixed. Just like you just need to be heard or helped or some self Yes. Yes. Yeah. 100%. I think people are scared. I mean people are scared of therapy because – it's vulnerable vulnerable and all that. But also, like, finding one is – it's expensive. Finding mm. one's hard. Like, getting a match. But all that stuff, I just have to say from my own experience, when I found someone, it was life-changing in every single way. Every time. Yeah. yeah. It's the best. Yeah. And also, your relationships – or at least for me, my relationships are a lot better because I'm not putting my stuff on other people as much anymore. Like, I'm sure I am. But it's like, oh, now I know – Hey, this person's not qualified to deal with this. Right. Oh, so true. <laughs> I'll save it. Yeah, I'll save it. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it's so true. And then what about writing and comedy and stuff? Like, how does that, how do you feel like that's affected your mental health for better or for worse? Ooh, Ooh another complicated one. <sighs> yeah, that's a tough one. Because, like, I, in a way, it's really helpful because I talk about eating disorders in my comedy. So it gives me another. Uh, way to talk about it but it's also like I don't really talk about it on stage because I find that it tends to scare the audiences away and it's like there might be three people in the Wait, room. Wait what's that joke you have? I'm sick! I'm bulimic! <laughs> I don't know why Help they, me! I don't know why they don't like it. Yeah. Some people don't think it's funny. Too it's dark? too real Maybe for too, them. Too, too real. <laughs> yeah you guys are afraid of a woman with feeling. Yeah. I would, yeah I blame sexism. Because I'm a woman isn't it? I'm screaming at them. <laughs> I puked up all my food! Yeah um, I, I think it is hard. Like, it's not a relatable subject. It's mm-hmm. one that totally wears people out. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if we're, like, yet. Or they think about their own stuff. They think about their own stuff, mm-hmm. true. And maybe – I think that there is definitely ways to make eating disorders funny, but um, yeah. I, I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, it's really tricky. I think, on the whole, comedy has been, like, amazing for my me- – because, like I said, I feel like it's my home. Mm-hmm. It's so satisfying. It takes anything – when I'm – yeah, it seems to solve all my problems once I'm just actively doing the thing I want to do and with funny people. But, again, the flip side is just, like, it is a inherently uh, a totally unstable career f- Fully and so, like, to be an unstable person in an unstable career, it's very unstable. It's hard. It's yeah. definitely hard. Like, but I know I would be. I, 
yeah, I know I would be so depressed if I were doing anything else. Right. So that's the trade-off. We it's both like, tried doing other stuff. We tried stuff. doing other stuff. And didn't... The nine to five, like, yeah. oh, I would, career path, yeah. That's when I was, yeah, my most depressed. Me too. My I was too. worst eating disorders when I was working Same. at, like, a, I was a receptionist, and I was just so bored. And, and not not that you were just a receptionist, not doing comedy. I was not doing comedy. Yes, Same exactly. My whole life was, was being a receptionist, yes. and not, I wasn't working towards anything. I wasn't rising. Same. Right. And Same. so my whole life revolved around counting calories, and it yeah. was just, like, Same. crazy. Yeah. Every single day. Yeah. Yeah, food God, And I remember I got the same, I would order the same salad every single day because it was the only one salad that I could eat. Yep. And it had all these weird things on it. And they would read the lunches out loud every day. Which should be illegal. Wait, they would read the lunches? Yes, because it was the woman, the managing woman in the back would like read the, she would order them on the phone. So she was always reading out loud everyone's orders and she would order lunch That's for everyone. That's the best everyone. way to find out about a group though. You right. know, you yeah. can learn so much from oh, the, the privilege call. of the guy who gets like fried chicken every, every day. day. Yes, <laughs> so true. But it was like a really, it was in advertising and, and it was just like a really, sorry, but like cunty office. I'm, yes. I'm sorry. I don't know if you can yes. say that. But like, they, they, were, okay. yeah, they were not nice people and yeah, they were bitchy sounds... people and they always made me feel left out and like they thought they were better than me because they made more Are money. Are you like more women than men? Women, yes. At this, Aww, at this job. I that. I know. And it was, and I just always was so embarrassed about my salad because it was so obvious that it was totally. like, she's not well. Like she, she's had the same salad every single day day with like honey mustard dressing on the side. I had a similar thing and I worked in advertising. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. But the thing is I don't think anyone should ever comment on anyone's lunch ever. Ever. Yes. Ever. 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 No. Ever. You don't know. Like Yes. Also, it's a boring conversation at yes. best. Oh, like, what are we doing here? <laughs> all anyone talked about every day was their lunch. That and that's it. the sign that your life yes. sucks. You're it's so like, right. well, what are we doing for lunch? How was your lunch? How what was are your you lunch? Eating? I mean, it's so boring. And they were so weird. They'd be like, how was your lunch? And then they would look down at my salad and they'd be like, okay. And God, just, I hate like, it. Or just away. being like, wow, healthy. healthy. Or whenever people yes. say anything. Yes. Oh, yes. someone's going healthy. Good for you. It's like, like, do you know? I know. Last night I puked up like a quart of ice cream. So stop telling me. Exactly. Exactly. I know. I had the same. I had the exact And what people same look thing. like has nothing to do. Like I hate that too. Ooh, yeah. when people oh, just you assume look you look great. You look great. Why or, would you? Or even like I don't look as skinny as I looked when I was sick. So people just assume you're better. It's like no, it's not right. like that. It's just not. It's like yeah. I don't know if you have this too, but like since you've started working through some of these things and dealing with them. I don't I'm not like that to other people nearly as much. I don't really like I don't mean like I don't see weight. <laughs> That's disgusting. But I really feel like when I was in it, I put that yes. lens on the world. And now that I'm starting to become more accepting of myself and figure out ways to like navigate these things, I'm such I feel like I don't do that to, I, I don't even think about it I don't it. notice, I don't notice it as much yeah. Yeah. I definitely don't I definitely notice don't. as much yeah because you're right when you were so wanting to just be whatever you noticed it never well, what are they doing there yeah total like a disease of like comparison someone's lost yeah. five pounds are they okay like yeah. obsessed yeah. with other people oh my obsessed. god the, are you okay yeah. I remember thinking oh my fr- oh yeah it's because all it's just, my friends are sick it's yes. like so dumb yeah. yeah it's yeah and I agreed like here you know in LA, it is very image driven, of course, but I do think it is a little like that. That for me, I've had because of space, because of being able to like have sunshine and sunshine. like, you know, a little yeah. bit of like time to do a puzzle and just chill a little bit. Like, yeah. it's just that all has gone. You don't, because you also don't yeah. see as many people. True. Like, you, you're not doing the whole comparison thing here as much, you know? You're not like in your face. Right on the street, you don't, you don't you see people see you don't see. Every day. It's true. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. And I like just, oh God, like, st- yeah, I'm glad we moved out here when we, yeah. 
I yeah. think we're moving. Do you think we're moving in a more body positive direction too? I I've noticed that because of the rise of body positivity, that it's less socially acceptable to just be like, oh, I'm fat and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, Barbara Streisand did an Instagram the other day I thought was very anachronistic. It was like a throwback photo to her. And she was like, oh, I wish I was this thin still or something. And I was like, this does not happen anymore, yeah. Barbara. Get with the time. That's her age. She's showing it's her age. She's showing her age. Yeah. I mean, I think body positivity is so interesting because – I think the thing, the theme that like I'm seeing that I don't love with it is a lot of times it's like I'm beautiful in any size versus like why do women have, have to be, to be beautiful? beautiful? Like Ooh, who fucking like cares? Yeah. Like, I love I that. I feel like every woman, no matter if they're a model or a doctor or, you know, like a cashier feels like they're told all the time you are beautiful you are beautiful no matter your size and it's like are men told that no you're handsome no matter what size you are no you're so right and i so i find that frustrating and also that the body positivity movement some of it is still trying to sell you something at the end of the day or like it's being used i don't think a lot of people like the person on instagram who posts their body and says i'm body positive i love the way i look i find that very inspiring it's when a brand takes it like Mm calling out like dove and saying we love all bodies you're all beautiful now buy this soap and i'm like oh come on i mean that's such bullshit that you might as well just be saying like you know you're calling it it just makes me feel like you think i'm stupid yeah and i think true progress will be when dove just has a plus size model and they don't mention it or whatever or like when it's the same thing with like female comedian when we're just when someone just starts calling us comedians. Yes. You know, it's like versus, yeah, pointing out the the diversity. That's that's like, oh, it's a female comedian on the lineup. No, it's just you have a, it's c- a comedian, comedian or a plus size model or a plus size actress. They're just an, an actress. actress. Exactly. They're just an actress. Because we've centered the, like in any idea, we've centered the experience of males, of white people, of people who are thin, people yeah. who are able-bodied. Like that is just like the default. So mm. anyone who's not that is like, very unapologetically female. Right. Yeah. Like, that makes me want to throw up. Yeah. I hate that so, so much. But I think body positivity is interesting because I do think like there are people who are just learning to embrace their bodies and like things about them that maybe they didn't before. And it is coming from a place of self love and like confidence. It's very genuine. And that's really inspiring. I just don't think we had that exposure when we were young ever right. to anything still, like that. Listen, it's still amazing. Like the body positive right. movement is still doing great things. It's just, of course, like anything, it's still new Co-opted and it's figuring it out. Co-opted in yeah. a very obnoxious way. Yeah. But I do think okay. like in terms of progress, I do think things have moved they and they're going to keep moving in a positive yeah. direction. Yeah. Which is I'm really inspiring. thankful to the teens. I feel like the teens have the been teens doing teens are this. doing so we're, much work. We're tired. We like, owe them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're Honestly. marching. But they're, they're out there fighting on the internet. I know. They're so much better than us. They just like, well, they just they're more progressive. They're more progressive. Yeah. Like things are divisive, but and I the internet is so bad for them for so many reasons. But like the amount of information and understanding about experiences beyond their own that they have oh, is so, so different so than what we had. True. Like I we feel just like didn't have that. We didn't have that. I grew up in mm. such a little bubble. I grew up in like Same. my own little world. I had no idea what I was even doing. Which you're so right. No internet. No Correct. internet. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe there was internet, but it wasn't like good. <laughs> no, no. I did have an Angel Fire site for the Backstreet Boys choreographer that was good. So I take offense okay, at that. Yeah, the internet yeah. was great. That I used to- yeah. <laughs> yeah, but stuff like from the generation of our parents, I do think is like the message that was received 
by our generation was like thin at all costs, like mm-hmm. looks matter. Women's value is in looks. Diet this, diet, diet. that. Here's like all the hot diets. Yeah. 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 yeah, and my mom wasn't like that, but I had a lot of friends whose moms were always commenting on their bodies totally. and mm-hmm. stuff, and that would have just—it fucked... was more part of the culture, maybe. It yeah, was just yeah. Like so. more, yeah. I think it was just like accepted. Yeah. And now you look back to like even Seinfeld, the guys are so obnoxious about the way women look on that show. I mean, and Friends, like, there's just no yeah. way that would Ugh, happen now. The whole it's joke so about Monica being fat. It's totally. like, it makes me want to <gasps> die. It's awful. I can't it believe that happen. happened. You're so right. She also it's... was dumber. Like, she was, like, you're a right. weirder, weirder, dumber person when she was fat. Like, they, you're so right. They you're make so seem like right. fat people are automatically dumb. Isn't it insane? It's so yeah. I also had a game I would play where, like, if they had a person, a bigger person in a movie, I'd be, like, counting down till they made them fart. Totally. It's uh, like, okay, or fall or, like, fall yeah. or something yes. like that. It's so embarrassing. It's yeah. so embarrassing. And that's not that long ago. No, it's not. Yeah. And so it is, it is, that is like positive. Like we are moving, like it's so true. When we hear that, we're like, that would never happen. Never. 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 As of like three years As ago. Of, yeah, yeah. It's right? really changed. It's changed recently. quickly. Yeah. And there's it, a lot of backlash to the body positive movement because of that. I think because it's like it happened so quickly. People yeah. Like, yeah. But it's the same thing with the Me Too where it's like, no, we're tired. Like, I think it's it feels quick to like maybe men. But for all of us, we're like, no, we're so sick of it. <laughs> yes. Like our whole lives we've been fuck, like assaulted or touched yes. or talked down to or we've been just talk like you're skinny or you're fat or you're whatever like you can't escape our bodies and other people are always making them a thing when we're trying to yes a hundred percent yeah it just feels like it's all been pent up and we're at a point where it's like sorry we just gotta go we gotta run with this like it's time it's time we've been waiting yeah yeah we're done i think that's why i've loved like character work like i've done a lot of like character like dressing up work and i think the feeling of not caring what I look like in a different care. It's so freeing. And I'm like, wow, this this is how I should feel mm. all the time. Like, why don't I just feel this way when I'm doing stand-up? I'm, in yes. stand-up, I'm still in my body. But when I get to, like, put on a wig, all of a sudden, that's not even my body. So if my body looks weird, it's that character's totally. body. Totally. And that's, it's been very freeing. That's yeah. really interesting. Cool. It's kind of like drag. It's like, yeah. I am not, I am yes. this, I can be whatever I want to be. I don't yes. have to worry about how I'm being seen. I'm this thing and I can like just make all the choices I yes. want. Because yeah, we are used to in our bodies, in our lives, constantly being scrutinized and constantly like evaluating. Yes. And so it's like, okay, I just put on a wig. I put mm. on a wig and now this, yeah. And, yeah. And no, yeah. It's, yeah. I wish I was someone who didn't care what people thought at all, who like never internalized things and just walked around being like, no, I'm confident. I like the way I am. And, you know, I because those are the people when they're good people that are like so inspirational when you see them fulfill whatever person they're meant to be, whether there was like a path set in front of them or not. You're just like, oh, you just like are who you are. You who you are. Yeah. Not to bring this back to parents, but I do Please. think it's hard when you don't have parents and to not have like I think I was more weirdly confident when my dad was alive because you have this if you have good loving parents, you know, my parents were amazing and I felt like I had their unconditional love and then to lose that from even mm-hmm. one or for mm-hmm. you for two, that's a you have to fill that somehow and it's hard to fill that all on your own. So you do look outward to be like am i am i okay yeah is, is, can sure. someone tell me i'm you're proud of me if you're a stranger that you know goes a long way whereas if my dad was alive maybe i wouldn't need that as much i totally relate to that i feel like especially with my mom like if i accomplished something it wasn't just the validation that i it didn't matter it didn't like ring it, it true to me that i was that i did yeah. something good it would be telling her that gave me satisfaction totally. so when you lose that it is a bit it is a bit like what am I even doing, doing this, this for? Work. Where yes. am I going to get that feeling again? You kind of like lose that. And you also lose a sense of, you know, like 
a, a good parent is there to remind you you're great no matter what. Yes. And you don't really have that unless like you, there's no. Most people don't have that. Most people <laughs> Whether don't. Whether or not your parents are alive. That's true. And like yeah. most parents probably don't really offer that. There's like a lot of parents. They that, didn't get that probably. They yes. didn't get it. Yeah. yeah. And it, you, it, the work is like finding that in yourself yes. and going, how do I not need other other voices to make me feel that way. Because there was a point in our lives where I was fine just being me. Before this career stuff, before we got older, went so I agree. It's like finding that again. Where yeah, yeah where's that piece of me that is fine just existing? Yeah. Yeah. I don't and it's just and I don't think it's like, okay, well one day we woke up and it was different. I think it is just it gets chipped away over time. Medicate. Yeah. <laughs> In addition to therapy and medication and friends, I do think that talking about it and creating art and doing things that make it, you're not running from it, you're like diving in and exploring it is really helpful because yeah. then you're not, you're like sitting with it and embracing it in a way that I feel like when I was working a desk job, it just wasn't, it couldn't be a part of my life. Like yeah. sadness and seeking validation, all these things that are so human. Yes. I just wasn't connecting with anyone on like the deeper stuff. And then that does turn to shame or internal, like whatever. Yeah. yeah. 100%. I'm sure like after you've done shows or talked about your mental illness and all that, like people have come up to you or told you how much it means to them. I, I bet because it's just something yeah, they've that. Been like, I'm a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see, see me immediately. <laughs> I, that's something too, like talking about the culture and it changing. I think that's good. Is like people are now able to hear other people go through the same thing mm. and know that they're not alone. And like the shame can be a little lessened when you know you're not alone. Like mm. I can talk about it. I have like people I can look up to who are also dealing with this. So I think that's important too. The internet does provide that in a way. Is like it reminds you. It's like if you think you're alone with your anxiety, open Twitter. Yeah. Uh-huh. Website but then by you're also like so anxious. Actually, don't open no, Twitter. Totally you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never open Twitter. Get <laughs> That's off Twitter. That's a real catch. Twenty two. Yeah. Delete your account. Delete your account. For I you. know. Sometimes when I'm on Twitter, I'm just like, oh my god, everyone is so so sad. But then it's also when you when you tweet and like the people you follow. There's a lot of variables. I'm like, yes. get off my timeline. <laughs> Like, specifically, your Twitter is so, <laughs> so, so sad. sad. <laughs> but it's also, yeah, it is a way to like, I'm getting rid of my sad thoughts here so I can be more normal in the real world. So it's right. not the whole picture, but you do just see people's saddest moment of the day or yeah. happiest moment of the day. It's very binary. It's very happiest binary. Happiest is for Instagram. Right? Happiest yeah. is for Instagram. Yeah. 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 You buy a Christmas but like tree a, and then you go on Twitter and you're like, I want to die. Totally. <laughs> but you just posted the Christmas Yeah, like a lukewarm take is like never going to work on Twitter. True. You know, they'll unfollow no. you. They don't want it. They don't want it. No. <laughs> it's no true. Lukewarm. It's like sadness porn. And it's like, oh, yeah, I like that. I feel that, too. Didn't you say that, that you were like when you we were talking about that, like when you get validation for something that you say that's sad, then all of a sudden it almost is this feedback of like, okay, well, now being sad is getting me retweets or whatever. So I guess I'll be it almost feeds your sadness. It feeds your sadness. It enables your depression. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Twitter could be seen as a like a support group that's like enabling. Yeah. Yeah. In a weird way. Wow. That is an anti-support group. Yeah, I've tr- yeah. It's hard because it's like comedians and uh, you know, fun takes, but it's also like then you pop in like the dread of the news. Mm-hmm. That's what it is for me where I'm like it's a lot of people reacting to the news. Yeah, reacting to like horrible news. Horrible news. Yeah. I feel like 
I would say I feel better when I'm off Twitter, but I think when I feel better, I'm off Twitter. <laughs> you know? True, true, Like if true. I'm having a nice weekend and I'm present with people and we're hanging out, I'm not yeah. even thinking about, like, I would never want to be on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I'm on Instagram. I'm all over Instagram <laughs> like, making me. sure everybody can see that I'm having everybody fun with my friends. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Lots of stories, but no, no Twitter. Okay, this is – no, I shouldn't say. I'll tell it to you off the pod, but I have some strategies for – social media that are not um how to seem like you have friends because right now everyone knows i only hang out with my dog and <laughs> <laughs> you can buy friends okay. i just want you to know that great how do i get money get yeah yeah let's that. back up yeah um Pull. and yeah. yeah sorry what are you gonna say no just remember we had that fun weekend and we were like oh we weren't on we weren't on instagram That's, yeah there is something about but like, worry we need to tell you about it so yeah. <laughs> we, we had, had fun, fun. <laughs> The best is going to be really soon we end this podcast and we get all your handles for plugging. Yeah, um, true. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but it is like the people you follow and like, you know, the and my stuff mom, you put in my life. mom says Facebook saved my life because my mom was so depressed after my dad mm-hmm. died and she fa- had all these support groups of people who felt Aww. so similar. No one in our town felt the way she felt and I couldn't feel the way I felt sad about my dad, but not about a husband. Yeah. So I think social media, it, it's like anything. It really is good in moderation. Like to not feel alone is a blessing because mm-hmm. feeling alone, that's when depression is dangerous you yeah. know when you feel like you're the only so i do think it's great yeah it's just when you you have, use to, moderate it, you have to moderate it. yeah then it and can... i think also how much am i consuming versus like using is different like passively scrolling mm. is not that doesn't do it for me i always Agreed. think that's going to be a solution to no. my feeling down or f- wanting no. distraction it always makes me feel worse. worse but it's like okay maybe i can use this to like think of something to make or something to like connect with somebody on yeah. then it's all of a sudden like a, it's a tool for good totally evil. That's yeah. totally true. true yeah you can really go in two different directions when you open your phone and you're having a bad day it's yeah like i'm gonna fall down like a rabbit hole of someone whose life is better than mine and i'm jealous or i'm gonna see someone whose life is, who's maybe going through a hard time and i'll be like oh wait maybe they need my help and then i'll reach out to them and i'll be like what's up buddy and yeah. then i I forget about my problems. 100%. Or like when I feel lonely, sometimes I just send a text to a friend and it isn't with the intention of getting one back. Of just like thinking about you and like inspired yeah. by something. I think when you are feeling isolated, it can be helpful to be like, one, I think other people are probably feeling this way. And two, like I'll put out to a friend. Like you – I going back to what you're talking about with like more than your looks or more than what you weigh – it's like, what kind of person am I? Mm. It's like, I'm a person who, I want to be a good friend. I want to be yes. positive. I want to like reach out to people. That's what I'll do. Just like taking a little action like that can help me. Like I'm going to just text a friend and say, hi, you're great. So true. Right? Just like little things like that can really help kind of push you out of the, mm. the I love how badness. for us volunteering, good feeling good is like, send a text. Yeah. <laughs> In bad camp move, and you're yeah. like, I'll send because it really is make labor. the world, buddy. Like, it I is, like your shirt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, picking up a phone call. That's like a for mm. me. That's like charity yeah. work. That's Seriously, like, who talks on the phone? That's like the hardest thing I can do. Yeah, I know. No, that really in support groups, they're always telling you to talk on the phone. They're always oh like, really? Get, yeah, pick up your phone and call someone. Have that human interaction. Hearing uh, someone's voice when you're in, like in a really dark place mm. can be the difference between you and like relapse. Really? Yeah. Whoa. And man, I remember, I feel like every time. Still we, never done it. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> good. But I aspire, yeah. Yeah. And like, even, I, th- I like putting boundaries on things, being like, hey, one, like my, I have a good friend from college who will tell me like, hey, I would love to talk to you about something for five minutes. Call me when you have five mm-hmm. minutes. Ooh, that's, that's nice. really nice. we probably end up talking for an hour, but there's nice to know like, 
all she needs is five. Yes. And I can do that. Yeah. It's, it's the scariness of like, what if this What if I get sucked and I never right. leave yeah. and I never get to be alone again? Yeah, yeah. Or for her, like, I don't want to burden this person. You, t- you tell me when you're ready. She's the best. Exactly. That's, that's, that's great, really good. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Isn't that nice? Yeah. I love but that. But we'll do that too. Like, let's hang out for just five minutes. Give me that minutes. person's contact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sound like a great friend. Yeah. I do love that. Putting param- Like, yeah, we're just going to hang out for five. We always end up hanging out for three hours. But knowing that we're just saying we're just going to hang out for yeah. five minutes relieves some of the... I think part of the reason our friendship works is that we have extremely high tolerance for the other person flaking. Like, uh-huh. yes, uh, all the tolerance. Yes, like wow, that's a very strong high. friendship. Extremely, extremely high. high. Yeah, like, yeah. Never in a million years would I be Ever. mad at Alyssa Ever. for like bailing on me because I get it. That's Even if I'm in jail. <laughs> Even if I'm in jail. <laughs> No, if she, anything, she's yeah. my one call. And she doesn't come through. I get it. I get it. I get it. She's yeah. out of yeah. I'm just in my head today. You know what I mean? I just I gotta stay in bed. But good luck. Uh, I yeah. get it. I get, I get it. it. I get it. I also like that you even talked about that. That that's a friendship. That's the strength of a friendship is you've like established yes. this yeah. sort of like unspoken. Yeah, it makes no it pressure. so much stronger. It takes the pressure. It does. Yeah. yeah. Because instead of avoiding, it just makes we end up hanging out probably more because more. we know we can we bail. Yeah. yeah, I think it's maybe it's I don't know if it's the anxiety or the depression or if it's just a human thing that everyone wants to cancel plans. But there, it's like as a mentally ill person, especially yes. sometimes you're just not able to hang. Right? Because we might not. I, sometimes we're like, I do feel really depressed right I now. I just feel depressed. I or I'm too anxious. I just can't. I literally yeah. can't. I can't give anything. I have nothing to give. Yes. Right. And it's like, and people don't get that. Some people don't get that. And it's that, not that personal. Can, it's that never. Can, yeah, it's not personal. Ever. And I'm so sorry that you were excited to hang out with me and like I just have no energy to give. It's about yeah. me. It's never about the person I'm bailing on. It's always like I feel – believe me. You don't yeah. want to be with me. I don't want to be with me. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, I feel like a lot of people are scared to say that or like, yeah, would not be able to not take it personally even though that is very true. It is yeah. – that makes a ton of sense. That's mm-hmm. why with each other we know it's never personal. I that's know. awesome. Yeah. About the, yeah. I think that's important too like in terms of strategies like – being open with your friends about that and being like, if you are someone who's just like, I, if this ever happens, just don't take it personally. Just saying up front. You know, that's true. Yeah. yeah. It could be something that going into other friendships, we could, yeah. Start off. Start off. The- just FYI, I'm going to cancel half an yeah. <laughs> Ma'am, I just said hi to you. Exactly. Bump into something. Just to let you know. Yeah. Setting a boundary real quick. Setting a boundary. Oh, the boundary's there, lady. <laughs> <laughs> We're strangers. Yeah, that's the boundary. Paper, plastic, listen. <laughs> I'm also here to tell every listener that self-help does have its limits and I've found them. So just want to make sure everyone yes. knows that can be good to a certain extent. But there's a point when it like a lot of the times like um, I listen like Oprah's Super Soul Sundays and I read, uh, you know, like Eckhart Tolle and Tony Robbins, all these people. I know he's problematic. And they all have strategies. But I feel like those are like what you were saying about being a junkie. They're all quick hits of like dopamine and making you feel good. But I think – those can also Eckhart Tolle makes her feel good. Okay, okay, <laughs> we get it. You're we very cool it. and smart. Oh no, he's someone who was struck by lightning and then says he understands God now. So I just want to also establish. Mm-hmm. Sort of what's going there. <laughs> also, yeah, like don't look up any self help person's background. <laughs> like especially my favorite are like white women who are now. Okay, I'm, I'm not gonna say it in the podcast. I'm fine. Elephant somebody. <laughs> I, know, I want you to say it's so bad. No, I know I agree. I know I agree. No, it's offensive. It's offensive. Okay. But it's just people where you're like, you look, you think you know what they are from reading them, and you look up the photo, and you're like, what? what? It's my aunt. Like, what is she doing yeah, here? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so bizarre. Yeah, but yeah. some of them, like, you can take stuff from it, but then sometimes you're like, 
why am I going back to hearing this podcast about hitting your rock bottom five times? Like, it's not working for me Well, anymore. it's kind of like what we were mm. saying even about, like, rehab. Like, I think at a certain point, sometimes the solution is actually getting away from it, getting as far enough away, kind of like an improv. You know, it's like sometimes you got to get as far enough away from the thing and you'll find your way back. Yeah. Like, but sometimes when you're too in re- even recovery or body pause or any sort of self-help, sometimes you need to be like, I just need to go like, in it. you're too immersed. Yeah. And sometimes it's nice to be like, I'm going to go to a show or go do a show or write something yeah. totally different. And totally. then- Sometimes that's almost more helpful. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's true. I think any self-help can easily become like narcissism or like self-obsession, which yes. can then feed the back whole, into the it's feedback 100%. loop. And you see that in all kinds of 12-step recovery, but you also see the opposite. You also see people's lives being saved. So it's like a tricky thing of having Diminishing to find Diminishing returns balance. maybe. Like mm-hmm. it's good for a certain point and then at a certain point you have to you – Yeah, know. fly free. Yeah, yeah, especially like that's true because with self-help, especially the goal is like to wean yourself off it so mm-hmm. that you are going, okay, like – this I'm getting strat long term strategies. I'm getting tools that I can move forward with, and like these will be things I take away, and I don't need to keep coming back. Yeah, or like you have to take the training wheels off. You have them with you, and now you gotta like go Just, with, yeah, walk exactly. with them, dinner parties, and, and share them with everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Exactly. Lose all your friends yeah. because of them. <laughs> well, I think there's this podcast has been great because I think there's so many strategies that have come through for people that I think are really really helpful and like. Just knowing they're not alone and yes. they don't just sit in the shame of, you know, not talking about it totally. and invalidating their own experience. So yes. I really appreciate it. Now, let's say people are on social media having the times of their lives. Yes. Where would they find you? How should people <laughs> access your content? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Shut Up May. I'm successful <laughs> so far. Or on Instagram at May Wilkerson. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Alyssa Limp, A-L-Y-S-S-A-L-I-M-P. Awesome. And check out the Crazy in Bed podcast. And if you're in L.A., check them out doing comedy. Yes. They're the best. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having Thank you, us. Bye, Janie. Bye. Bye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.